Hey, local listeners, this is your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast, where each week I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. What we do is we share their story of success and challenges and their journey and how they became a community leader. I truly believe that behind every small business is a story that needs to be shared. I wanna put a big thank you to my sponsors, Exacta Corporation, Think Possibilities, Think Exacta. Rare leaders, connect, collaborate, contribute. Where leaders come to thrive and grow. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, as well as always love your feedback. Enjoy the show. All right. How you doing, Gordon? Welcome to Local First Podcast. How's it going today? Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Excited that fall is finally here. Yes, it's October you know? 1st, man. This year's gone by fast, hasn't it? Exactly. Looking forward to the Packers continuing their road show, destroying teams. Right. Yes. That's exciting, man. I love it. I love it. So in case, in case you guys don't know, uh, I got my good friend, Gordon named Manny. That's right. I did. Got it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, you know, I, you guys, you know, you guys are listening out there. I struggle with last names. And you, if you say, have my last name is Kohansky or Kochansky, you know, I know how people feel. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on local first podcast. You really have a great story to share, you know, and we'll get into your professional story in a bit, but sure. our listeners really want to get to know who you are and, you know, give people a little bit of background story, you know, you know, where'd you grow up? How'd you get you know, sure. to this point? Sure. Well, to start, Rob, I feel like one of the luckiest people alive on the planet. You know, I'm just an African kid that got a chance to come to America. I came here when I was seven years old. I was born in Cameroon. Came here when I was seven years old. My dad got a scholarship to go to school out at the University of California. He went on to do his MBA at Texas Tech, brought his family along. I was one of those fortunate kids that predated DACA. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Right. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, went to Brown University, got very lucky, got a scholarship at Brown, did my undergrad there in four years, materials engineering, went on to do my master's in biomedical engineering, had a little bit of a tiff with my mother because I was supposed to continue on towards my PhD in biomedical. Uh I said, no, mom, I'm not doing that. None of that. Yes, and so she acted like a mother. <laughs> oh, I bet you know that that's that's interesting because I was supposed to be uh, something else too, and uh, I'm here recording podcasts. I was supposed to be, I think I was supposed to be an electrician. Oh, I went even to the trade schools and like, okay. you're going to be an tr- electrician. I ended up being a tool and die maker, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not this either. So, but it's okay though because you is. took the path that I felt like you know you can maximize your effort and giving back for God, you know, so. Oh, no doubt. I think he puts us in the place and the times to Yeah, and it's all, it's, it's, it's all a journey closer. too. It is. And if you don't go through those journeys and those times, you know, whether it's young or now or however, and you keep going or keep yeah. pushing, you know, you it's, get stuck. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and so for me, I knew that my calling wasn't going to be biomedical, so I ended up working for a few years as a semiconductor engineer at Texas Instruments and then found my calling to go back to graduate school in material science and engineering at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. I was actually gonna be focused on organic semiconductor development, but then was entreated by my advisor, who became my advisor, the professor who became my advisor, uh, Dr. Economy, and he said, Gordon, you know what? Why would you want to focus on an area that you need this big superstructure to get anything done, i.e. the semiconductor industry. 
why not do research with me on developing new materials for water purification where you can impact the world, right? And he said, look, I'll also teach you how to be a leader. I said, look, I'm there. Wow. <laughs> he, he sold you good, didn't he? He sold me good, man. So you know, four and a half years later, got my PhD, spent a year in South Africa as a Fulbright scholar, came to Milwaukee after that for a postdoc, and then got recruited into management consulting and have been a management consultant now for nine years. And finally made the decision, it's time to get back to my calling, doing things that can really change the world and it's through water. Isn't that something though? Isn't it something, you know, and I had something happen to me like that last year where I was, uh, I got myself a job mm-hmm. and I've been unemployed for, I not say unemployed, but I've been on my own for over 10 yeah. years, you okay. know, small businesses yeah. and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. You, you weren't unemployed. I, no, you were I working was, for yourself. I was working for myself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was part of the unemployable as, yeah. as some people say. And, yeah. and I was working, I'm like, I really don't like this. Yeah. And then I was, uh, looking at this wristband, my, my buddy, uh, Josh gave or gave to me and he's all, he's got this brand calls, um, do what you desire. Mm. And I kept looking at that. Do, do what you, you do what you desire. And I'm sitting there looking at this, like, do I really desire at this job? Is this something, this, at that job specifically, is this something that I'm really desired for? Mm-hmm. Am I really passionate about this? Or is it just a paycheck? Yeah, taking care of the bills. And I look back and I was like, what am I really passionate about? Okay. And I turned back to the mic and my podcast, and nice. Local First podcast. I was like, nice. I need to get back on this and really do what I love doing. Nice. And everything else will take care of itself. Totally. And, you know, and that's, you know, I, I know you have those out there. And, you know, people, when you're listening to this, is like, you really have to look at it as like, do what you desire. You know, like Gordon says, you know, he came back after doing the consulting and is like, you know what? He's going to make a difference. And we're going to get into that. He's going to sh- share with you how he's making a difference in the world with clean water. So we're going to talk about that in just a second here. Tell us what your business name is, Gordon. It's the Smart Water Club. The Smart Water Club. It's the Smart Water Club. Oh, and in we went a little bit about that as like, you know, you started off like that, but I, you know, where did that come from? Okay. How, did I, how did I get started? You know, where did that idea come from? Sure. So after being embedded in the water industry, water treatment, water product development industry, my colleague and I, two colleagues actually were talking about the gaps in the industry and what was really needed. And so the original name of our company is the Water Engineering Technology Solutions, WETS, which is kind of long. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I shortened it and changed the name to the Smart Water Club. And, And the idea really is we wanted to effectively put something out there that allowed people to get customized water treatment solutions that could meet their specific need for their water type, right? And so the idea really is that the water in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is completely different than the water in Houston, Texas, which is completely different than the water in Flint, Michigan. However, the technology that's out there is very generic, right? So you, if you don't align the tech with the water, then you're missing the treatment that you could potentially get, right? So 
the idea behind the Smart Water Club is that we use data to actually f- determine which of the best products that would fit with the specific water type. So what has been some of your biggest challenges along the way of getting this going? Oh, that's a great question. COVID? COVID? <laughs> has COVID been that, a challenge to anyone else? Hey, hey, that's, that's an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I would say that it's, it's certainly been an opportunity and a challenge. And so oh, the, no doubt. Yeah. The first challenge was, okay, firstly, we have been working on developing this platform that literally extracts the water quality data that is available in municipalities and takes that water quality data and allows us as engineers to develop the water treatment train that would attack whatever contaminants that could be in that water. So we started doing that work, COVID hit, and we had already developed our product. We already had our products in inventory. We're getting ready to go. And a lot of our go-to-market strategy was really relying on word of mouth, you know, getting it into the hands of people, but then all the doors got shut because we couldn't really go out. And so it had really forced us to rethink our approach to the market and how we're going to get ourselves out there initially, which we're still doing. And so I would say the greatest challenge was pivoting from the door knocking model into one that would enable us to execute online. And now we're doing it on Facebook and, and so forth. So I, I think we'll be okay. So you're adapted to the new technology that's out there being, you know, being used right now, the Zoom, the Facebook and things like that. How's that working out for you? How was that pivot, uh, you know, how are you adapting to that? So far, so good. We're still executing our Facebook strategy. Being able to get more users on our platform is the key. So. We were initially just offering our products for retail and purchase, but now what we're doing is it's a soft approach where you, if you go to the Smart Water Club or really smartwater.club website, you enroll in our water alert program, then the consumers that enroll in that program start getting water alerts based on the water quality sensors in their area as well as water quality news of interest. And from there, we're using that as the entryway to introduce our products. Okay, so I just want to clarify, when you're, when you're talking about the users and such like that, these are, are these homeowners or, or are they people that are living in a duplex, an apartment building or you know, yeah, commercial? That's, that's a good question. And so the user base, the customer base for the Smart Water Club can be Anyone who drinks water. What do you think? Uh, anybody that drinks water. Let me think what of do you that. Think? Let me think. <laughs> I, I might know a few people. <laughs> Maybe a few. Know, a few. Uh, right, a couple so, billion of them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Three hundred and thirty million in America to be exact. Okay. Okay. So but, I mean, how, yeah, do you, how so, do you how do you niche that down? I mean, sure. that's that's such a broad. Sure. Sure. We we are we are not limiting ourselves to homeowners per se. We're not limiting ourselves to people who live in apartments or condos. Really what we're doing is our solution is intended to solve the problem that people have in getting access to high quality water. And it's not just about drinking either, right? So it turns out that yes, there is a certain amount of problem with people getting municipal water 
that does not go through some type of a treatment. And so if I can back up, I'll just say this, that right now, 99% of the municipal water that is produced actually goes towards industrial use, not drinking water. 99%. 99% of the water is going towards industrial. That's right. So the same water that you and I use for bathing, cooking, drinking, and brushing our teeth goes to the Harley-Davidson manufacturing plant for washing their machinery. Does that make sense to you? That is amazing. I yeah. didn't know that. It, it, it is crazy. So we don't think so. Is that, is that the same? Then, then they just take that through Jones Island and repurpose it and we're drinking it? That, that, that's right. I mean, it goes through the same water treatment process at our municipal plant. So that process takes out contaminants to make it, it literally to, to make it safe to drink. It doesn't necessarily make it good to drink, right? So... There is a gap there that, you know, that last mile of treatment is what we're responsible for as homeowners. And it's not just about the water that we drink. When we wash ourselves, we're washing ourselves with the same contaminated water. And it turns out that there's a hundred percent more, hundred times more likelihood that we would actually absorb the contaminated gases from the vapor by washing as opposed to drinking, right? So, if so, you, so that means we're taking a shower, we're yeah, right. So washing you, our clothes it, it, with the same contaminated water. So if you basically take a 15-minute shower and you're absorbing the chloromethanes and chlorine into your body, it's the same as drinking eight cups of water with chlorine and these other gases in it. So our target market is not necessarily the homeowner. It's not necessarily the apartment owner. It's not necessarily the person that drinks water, right? It's it's the person that is concerned with their health, right? Because it's not just about drinking. It's also about showering. So our suite of products not only includes the standard, such as the water softeners and reverse osmosis units, but we are developing a special line of showerhead filters that is designed to remove the chlorine and remove these other contaminants that go onto our body and and absorbed through our skin Mm -hmm. and replacing that with vitamin C and other vitamins that are actually good for our, our body. Wow. That, that's amazing what you're doing there. So what does, what does success look like? I think that success would be us being able to get to at least, I, I would want to get to at least maybe 10,000 households in the next couple of years, right? Is that, a, is that in the Milwaukee uh, County area? Is that nationwide? Well, we're starting here in the Midwest, and I think that that 10,000 would certainly just be for the Milwaukee area and Midwest, and we expect that the Smart Water Club could scale nationally. I think that water is everywhere. Right. You know, there are certain people that don't take showers, though. (laughs) (laughs) There are certain people that don't take showers. Are they they taking baths then? Uh, Well, there you go. Uh, Um, (laughs) You you just just kind of hit me. I had to take a step back. There are certain people that don't take showers. Yes, there are. There are certain people that take baths. But if you have contaminated water in a bath, either you're sitting in the tub or it's pouring on your head, it's still contaminated water, right? 
So we do think that in every city across the world, really, there will be that population that are drinking water or taking showers or baths that are concerned with their health. And we can really focus in on those areas to come up with solutions that can be sourced from their community that can solve the problem. But as it stands, because we are Midwest focused, because we're in Milwaukee, all our solutions are being sourced from Milwaukee. Uh, not in Milwaukee, I'm sorry, from the, the region. Okay. Not just Milwaukee, the city. Just not Milwaukee. So, you know, what are like, you know, three to five things that the listeners need to know about, you know, about the, you know, the, the Smart Water Club and, and, you know, what makes, you know, what you do special? Okay. So I would say that our mantra is that there is no reason right now why we are not able to get customized water tech solutions that meet our needs. Okay? Now, now, before you go any further with that, sure. when you say customized tech solutions for water, so when you tell me that being just the average Joe behind a mic, what does that mean? Okay. So right now, if you go to Walmart or any of these home, home Depot, Lowe's, any of these big box stores, you can buy a water treatment product, right? Okay. You go online. You can buy a water treatment product at a number of sites, Amazon, whatever, right? Now, there is no guarantee that that water treatment product that you buy will actually meet your specific need. Okay. Right? So, so what you're saying is that depending on where you live, you may have a specific need for that, water treatment. That's right. Okay. That's right. And so there is a industry and the water dealership industry where people are going to people's homes and doing the tests and from the test determining what the specific contaminant is and then offering the treatment solutions for that specific contaminant. But if you're like me, I don't think I want anyone coming into my home right now, right? Sure. I, yeah, I get that being right. COVID going yes, on. Exactly. Yeah. With COVID going on, right. and it's probably the new normal. So the solution we're deploying is completely online. So we're enabling people to get the specific water treatment tech for their water type. Okay. And so the knowledge that we give, someone can then go to Walmart, Home Depot, or Lowe's, or wherever, or online and buy the solutions that they need. But we, our guess and our our bet is that when we offer that solution, it's likely they're going to want to buy something from the source. So the the one thing that I, I would want to say as the number one in terms of people taking away from what we're doing is that one, access to our water data should be as transparent as the water itself, right? So we should be able to see our water data. And in fact, we can see it to a certain extent and that water data can be used to offer us real solutions. And number two, I would say that legal, the legal limits of where we're that, that our water is produced to right now that we get into our homes doesn't necessarily mean safe, right? So the standards to which we are getting water from our municipality is set by the EPA, but it's the same standard that manufacturing operations, industrial suppliers are, are using. It's the same water. So why would we as consumers that care about our health limit ourselves to that same quality standard? 
right? So legal doesn't necessarily mean safe. And what we're banked on is, what we're focused on is really trying to get to safe water. I like that. Legal doesn't mean safe. There's something I'm thinking, I'm going to come back to that because that, that, that really hits me hard right there. Um, let's see here. I mean, that that's that's really cool. So, you know, let's go back and, you know, tell me a story that, you know, when you're doing about this and, and tell me something that, you know, how you're making a difference and, and why you want to do this. Okay. You know, you know, tell me a story that's like, you know, it's like you want that clean water and tell me a story of like, you know, what it would mean to a family. Sure. You know, being in the city like we are. Sure. So l- let's start with why, right? That's um, awesome. Yeah. So for me, you know, like I said, I feel like one of the luckiest people on this planet, you know, that I get to live in this country. I, I love America. I love my neighbors. I just, I feel very blessed and I have to find a way to give back, right? It's just part of what I feel like is owed for me, right? I've been given so much. And so that is part of the idea is to figure out ways to give back, yet also be able to take care of my family, right? And and so that's why I'm excited about the Smart Water Club is there's this huge gap in the market in that there is no one out there that is providing custom solutions that can be deployed online in a safe manner. So the the why has driven the execution for behind the Smart Water Club and you know, so how how have we been able to deploy and how have we been able to um, affect uh, the families that we work with? So, you know, w- one of the best stories that I can, I can say right now is there was a woman who lives in Chicago, in our, you could say, in our geographic region, right? Right. You know? it's, just, it's just down the block from <laughs> the, us. Yeah. The, the other country, Illinois. Illinois, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so she bought a house. The house had a water softener. And, uh, you know, the water softeners, we don't know if it's working or not, but her water was smelling. Ouch. Right? And it's like, okay, you don't want to take a shower and smelly water. And so we were able to firstly diagnose the problem, right? And that, okay, the smelly water was coming from her water heater. And so the cool thing was that, yes, her her water softener had exhausted, so the water softener wasn't really working, but we came in and it's all about helping, right? So. We, the cool part was that not only did we take care of the smelly water by taking out the bacteria that was in her water heater, but now this woman had an option to spend $2,000 for a new water softener that would continue giving her nice, you know, calcium and magnesium free water that was not soft, or spend $35 on a shower head filter, which is what. Do, which does almost the same thing, except it's very specific to the shower. And so we were able to effectively save this woman about two, $1,930 because she bought two star head filters and did not have to buy a $2,000 water softener to meet her needs. Where do I sign up? 
Hey, what do I sign up? Smartwater.club. Smartwater.club to save this woman almost $2,000. Right. You know, and that's just something that, that you know, yeah. I love that because living in the city, we have so much, you know, metal in our water. Yeah. And, and the things that go like that, and, you know, me being in a city in a 130-year-old house, um, you know, luckily I have enough clean or new plumbing in a place. I don't have to worry about that, but it's still yeah. coming from Jones Island, and people don't know if they're out, not in Milwaukee. Jones Island is our water treatment center. That's right. And I, I, there's quite a bit when we get a lot of rain that uh, yep. it all like gets dumped into Lake Michigan, unfortunately. It, it gets dumped into Lake Michigan. And even after treatment, right, they, they'll add chlorine. It'll take out the bacteria. They'll add they'll, they'll, they'll add uh, ammonia, which will also take out the bacteria. And that stuff will carry along with the water. But as it's coming down the pipe, it's picking up trihalomethanes. It's, it's picking up other chloramines that are interacting with the already existing chemicals in the water. And then by the time it gets to you, it's a soup. <laughs> oh, no. Come right? on. I'm drinking this out of my faucet, Gordon. I'm, I don't want no soup. And, 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 I want my hey, wife to make the yeah, soup, yeah, man. You know, but the, the truth of the matter is that it's, it's, it's actually better to drink the the water that still has the I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's good to drink contaminated water right I'm not saying that at all but I'm saying that in the bigger picture when you drink the water it's being absorbed and processed by your by your or, by your stomach and your organs and so forth and it's another thing to have the water spray on your head okay right? some people like the taste of you know the water that has the chlor- a little bit of chlorine in the there, fluoride, the fluorides, and, yeah. and some people like that. Some people like um, being able to taste a little calcium and magnesium in there, right? And so there's a certain benefit to not necessarily going crazy with the drinking water, giving yourself just enough technology to remove just the bad stuff, mm-hmm. right? But now. Where we focus on is the water that's actually touching your skin, touching your skin, and being vaporized and being inhaled. Okay, right, and that's where the showerhead filter comes in. Okay, right, and and so we also have another um, product that I'm very excited about. It's a washer filter. So it's a laundry that's and washer right. filter. You're talking about that. Right. I'm super excited about it because what happens is that. As you wash your water with hard, as you wash your clothes with hard water, it ends up being harder to remove stains. You're spending more money on the detergent. Whereas if you soften that water, you not only have a situation where you can remove stains easier, you use less detergent and you're not spending a lot of money on these extra products to put inside your washer. Right. So that's something I'm excited about. I'm excited about that too. So you guys, smartwater.club. <laughs> All together now. Smartwater.club. All right. That's so a nice little jingle. I love know? that. I was like, ding, ding, ding. You know, we'll have to make something up like that. Right. Get the crowd going. Okay. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better and stuff like this so the audience can get to know who you are, Gord. What are some of your day-to-day practices that have contributed to your success and happiness? Well, I uh, am an avid workout freak, uh, so I, I do like to go on regular uh, runs. 
when I can't run in the middle of the winter time and stuff like that, I like to play basketball in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So with COVID, things have just changed so much. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that we just went through the summer because it made me have to run outdoors more, right? And now with the fall coming back and not being able to run outside as much, I'm just looking forward to my gym. <laughs> Opening like up it. the basketball Open floor. Up the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So is there yeah. any... Um, a book, a quote, or a resource that has guided you that you'd like to share with the audience? That's a good question. Okay. Um, let's see here. The My most recent book that has inspired me uh, has to be... I, I actually read this book uh, just recently. I just actually completed, I finally completed Teresa Esser's book called The Venture Cafe. The Venture Cafe. Yes. Teresa Esser is a local uh, person here in Milwaukee, and she runs the Silicon Pastures Angel Network. And so her and I had a project last year, and I got her book, and I'm so excited to read it. Got halfway through it, and you know, with life's distractions, wasn't able to oh, complete it. Yeah. And so I got back into it. Just phenomenal book about venture capital and how it works. But anyhow, okay, very cool. Yeah. If no, you could no, give no seminal quotes, that, no, that's no, uh, out that's of that. all right. Yeah. If you could give advice to anybody that you know wanted to follow their dream, like you have, what are some little nuggets that you would uh, give to them? I would say be true to your heart. Okay. And fear is something that on the outside people think about. And when you're making a decision on your future, you know, let's say you want to, you know, take a vacation or you want to start a business or anything like that. Um, it's, it's not so much, uh, it's not so much being brave or thinking about fear. I think it's all about positioning yourself into the next five years, right? So where do you want to be in the next five years or, or sometime in the future? Sure. And, and that allows you to make current state decisions in a more um, reasonable way, right? So yeah. if you're thinking about current state, I think fear drives a lot of people I think daily distractions drive a lot of people. But if you're now, if you position yourself into the future and you think about the decision that you have to make today, I think it allows you to overcome that tension gap a little bit easier. But to have that vision, write it down, look yeah. it at it every day. You can distract it, totally. pull that vision down. I, I look at mine every single day. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, you know, working towards it, just, you know, celebrate those small successes yeah. and then, you know, just keep plugging away and do not give up. Yeah. Thinking about the future. Yeah. What's the one thing that's got you right now most fired up about the future? I'm honestly very excited about the young people in our society. I think that, you know, in the wake of how tumultuous 2020 has been, the one bright spot has been the this galvanizing attention that the youth have been able to focus on areas of equity in our society, right? So I think that 
I'm really super encouraged by young people. I think there are a lot of young people that are stepping up as leaders. And overall, I'm really optimistic about the future just based on the fact that it seems that while we may not be doing a good job <laughs> thinking about <laughs> our environment and right. you know, take, taking care of uh, you know, our, the people that are in retirement, you know, the, our elders yeah. and, and so forth, it seems like the youth are coming up in a time where they're just more conscious. They're more conscious about the environment. They're more conscious about our government. They're more conscious about our society, not just in America, but uh, across Around the world. The world. Yeah. So that's what excites me. It's I, exciting, that's and I, I'm right there about. with you. Um, I'll take it one step further, is that you can be aware of it, but if you don't take action with it, that's another thing too. Yeah, So that's, that's a, true. Yeah, so that's true. We'll, I'll leave that there. Um, Gord, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, hold, is it the smartwaterclub.com? Smartwaterclub, smartwater.club. Smartwater.club. Yes. So I, I think we said that a few times during the show. So, you know, make sure that you can reach out to him on a smartwater.club. Is there any other plugs that you want people to go to or... Yeah, I'm also available at Smart Water Guy. Smart Water Guy? Oh, Smart Water. (laughs) You got that handled. I love it. Yeah, it didn't take too hard to do, right? Right. But actually, there was Smart Water Guy before SmartWater.club. Oh, yeah. Okay. But as a gift, Rob, I I wanted to thank you for uh, having us on the show. And so we have a little uh, mask here for Uh you. Oh, got a mask. So Smart Water Club. Smart Water Club. Face mask. I love it. I love it. Very cool. Very cool. I like it. So, all right, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. So uh, we're going to do some rapid fire questions here in this next segment. This segment is brought to you by Exacta Corporation. Think possibilities. Think Exacta. Also by Family Organizer Plus, designed around the fundamental social network, your family. All right, Gordon, you get to ask me one question, and I will do my best to try and answer it. What has been your greatest challenge through COVID? My biggest challenge through COVID. And how did you overcome it? That was two questions. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think I think my biggest challenge is like I, you know, as much as, you know, people don't think this, I am like I am an introvert. You know, I like to somewhat be by myself, but I love being around people. Like when I talk about being introvert, it was like, you know, my Sundays and my time's off and you know, it's things that I just want to do by myself. Uh, but at the same time, I miss being around people. Mm-hmm. I think I miss being in networking. I miss going out and having, you know, dinners with people and, and things like that. And what I've been able to do to overcome that is um, I invite people to my house. Okay. I love to cook. Okay. So it allows me more opportunity to cook and have people over. So just about every weekend now, I, wow, I have, you know, just a handful of people just that are close to me that I know. Yeah. And, and I cook for them. Okay. And that's that's how I've been over to really, you know, overcome that. Also, we've been doing, you know, Rare Leaders. You're familiar with that. Oh, that's right. And, and get in front of, the, you know, those people. And, and we've been talking with people all over the world on that particular platform. So that nice. is really cool. So it's like... Like I said before, you know, there's a lot of people out there that see this as as a detriment to their lives, but I looked at it as, okay, there's a certain kind of people that are going to get through this is, one, you're just going to ball up in a shell and not do anything. Uh 
Um, some are going to just try and do what they were doing before and, and hope that everything works out. Or there's going to be individuals like yourself that, you know, see this as an opportunity and, and come out of the other head stronger. Yep. And then when this all turns around and whenever it does, we're the ones going to be on the top. And that's yes. the way I really look at it. Nice, nice. So I'm also looking forward to eating at your place. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> see, see this, is, this is prime time too, Gordon, because being this time of year, yes. I get to go back in the house and cook. Whereas like during the, the summer, it's yeah. like, um, you know, it is a 20, 2020. I don't have air conditioning in my house and I don't want to heat it up. Ah, so I don't cook outside. a lot. I cook outside. So I got nice. the, barbecue the barbecue and the smoker nice. and the fire pit and all nice. that. But I don't get to cook the same thing. So like, uh, for example, this past weekend, I made a, my, my first batch of uh, jambalaya mm-hmm. and then we're making some soups this weekend. And there's just nice. like all oh this stuff. Gosh. I mean, it's just, that's why I love it. I get, ah. I get this whole big thing of cookbooks and recipes I've got. So I'm super excited. Nice. So yes, yeah, so we'll have I'm, to get that invitation. I'm looking you. forward to it. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you some, uh, some rapid fire questions and okay. this comes out. I haven't brought this book out in a long time and I showed it to you before we got on the show. And this is from my virtual mentor that helped me, even though he does know it, know it Tim Ferriss, uh, Tools of Titans. And we're going to use some of his rapid fire questions in the back of the book that I'm going to ask Gordon. So whatever comes to your mind, and we'll just, you know, we'll wrap it up there. Let's see. I, oh, I don't have my readers on here, too. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, here we go. I have an asset. What, what is something you believe that other people think is insane? What is something that, that you believe, believe that other people think is insane? I would say that... Six hours of sleep is sufficient. Oh, good for Some you. Some people think so that that's, that's insane. That's you insane. need more. But right. so far, I've been able to function off of six hours of sleep. There you go. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time. All right. Um, all right. So you've done that. What are some obsessions that you explore in the evenings or weekends outside of work? Outside of work, my obsessions that I explore. I would say that recently it's been just all the various ways that one can garden around the house, okay. right? All so right. He's, he's struggling on us. I'm struggling he's on a, I'm str- that, You know, we have a time limit here, Gordon. So uh, right. But no, we've been getting a lot of housework done, done and there you uh, go. trying to figure out new ways Keep to put like plants that. around the house to nice. recover what we've lost. I love it. I love it. <laughs> See, this is the fun part, too. I was like, what do you believe is true, even though you can't prove it? Oh boy, that's that's. Uh, See, we, we the last ones were just you know these questions have been asking for the past couple yeah, months that people didn't have yeah. to think about. Yeah, now I really am getting you. Think about. You have to think about it. What do I believe is true, even though I cannot, cannot prove, prove it. it? And I had one guy say the. Fl- oh, I I definitely think that there is life beyond our planet. Yeah, I mean it's it has to it be. Has to be. It's math. It's statistically possible that there is life because there's so much out there. Oh, no doubt. But right now, I'm sure the government knows. Oh, yeah. Someone knows out there. All right. That's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I have to ask you something. Do you think the world is flat? I do not think the world is flat. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There are people out there. I do. I love it. All right. So any, any ask or request for the audience and any last parting words? 
You know, I would say uh, for the audience that don't accept what you're getting for your water. Let's say you're in a average household and you don't use any water treatment tools for your house and you expect the water to be clean and you expect your kids to be able to drink straight from the tap. I, I, I think that for those people, you should not accept the fact that you don't have access to your water quality report only once a year. Right. Right. You can call the your water municipality and request an updated uh, test to be sent to your house or test results to be sent to your house because they're testing very regularly. In fact, they're probably testing every day. But for whatever reason, they don't share that data with us, the consumers. And I think that that is a big problem that we are working to solve at the Smart Water Club. We're working towards that solution to be able to offer real-time data to households all across America. But in the meantime, that's what I would encourage consumers or people who are hearing this podcast is, hey, look, don't just accept what you get. Call the municipality and ensure that your water quality is at that level of actually being safe. You know, it's one thing to meet the legal, legal requirements. It's another thing for it to be safe. So that's yeah, how no I would, doubt. You know, get that information. Don't don't just ask. take what you're getting for granted and exactly. go out there, do your own research and stuff that. Very Gord, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, taking the time out here uh, for fun. most. Yeah. So, so for some of you guys don't know, this has been a double take because I screwed up last time and. Um, but that's technology and that's how it all works. You know, yep. but we're back here, back at the table, back in the studio. And we're back at the Local First Podcast powered by Exacta Studios. Find us on any of your favorite podcast apps. If you like what you hear, please make sure and share with at least one other person so they can get something out of this. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you hang out. I am there. Also, here's a big announcement coming soon. Local First Radio, where you're going to be able to hear Local First Podcast streaming 24-7 on your app. Stay tuned for that. Gordon, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fun, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, buddy.